The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your host, Rob. Put your best players out there, Mike. And Ryan. He missed the net, and it somehow went in. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. back episode 19 baby talking buds podcast ryan how you doing buddy rob 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 can you believe that only one week ago we were on this podcast discussing austin matthews contract to me that feels like two years ago i don't know why it's just I can't believe that was only last week. Like, after all the games this weekend, the game last night, all this power play talk, like, it's just, I can't believe it was only last week. Things move so quickly in this market. I'm with you on that. It feels like forever ago. So, since we last spoke, we had a Saturday night barn burner against the Montreal Canadiens. We're not going to go back because I don't want to, I don't like going back like two, three games and talking about it. Everyone's already watched them. We've moved on, but I, I do want to touch. a big game though. It was a big game. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to touch on the Montreal Canadiens. I thought, first of all, I thought that was hands down the most fun and entertaining game of the season. I like just on the, it felt like a playoff game and naturally it leads us to speculate on a first round playoff series between those two teams Ryan what do you think of the Habs do you think they're for real do you think like are they so are they a team that you we should be afraid of like what, what is your opinion of the Montreal Canadiens I think they are a hockey team they kind of remind me of the Leafs the first kind of Matthews Marner year like they they work they're surprising they work really hard we didn't expect them to make the playoffs they're probably going to make the playoffs when I was watching them, they're just a super fast hockey team that does not give up. And as a goalie who's starting to play like the contract that he's being paid for right now, like he's starting to play like a $10 million old school carry price, even though he didn't play. I thought he didn't play too great on Saturday. But when you look at the Habs, like, I feel like you look at a guy like Max Domi, okay? His dad, we all know the history, playing for the Maple Leafs, Ty Domi, legend, beauty, talking bud, beauty. But Max Domi, when I watch him play the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's like a fire underneath this guy. And I thought he was unbelievable on Saturday night. Unbelievable. So I feel like if they play the Habs in a first-round matchup, a guy like that is a guy who can – we've seen him knock someone out before. Like I could see him really pushing the Maple Leafs. Even though I think the Habs just are overall lacking star power compared to the Maple Leafs, though. Well, as far as Max Domi goes, like he, like obviously it's probably so easy for him to get up for those games. Like he, um, I grew up cheering for the team. Obviously, like you said about his dad, Leaf legend Ty Domi. So he probably like he he has those dates circled on his calendar. As far as the Montreal Canadiens as a team go. I really like their work ethic. I really like their speed. Uh, Carey Price, Shea Weber, all those things. But make no mistake, Ryan, I will take the Montreal Canadiens 
10 times out of 10 over the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. I think anyone would. Like, who who wouldn't? Like, after watching all these games against the Bruins, and you look at, we know who kills us. Like, we know that that first line, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, like, they're going to hurt us badly in a seven-game series. The Montreal Canadiens are just lacking that line, lacking that star power. They do have the goalie. Shea Weber kind of scares you too, but compared to the Bruins, that first line of the Bruins, we know what they can do. And I personally, I think that there's no chance that the Leafs and the Habs meet up in, in the first round. It's going to be Leafs and Bruins. They're going to have to slay the dragon. That's just how fate is going to bring those two teams together in the first round. Well, currently right now, the Leafs and Bruins are jockeying for position at second place in the Atlantic. The Leafs with 73 points, the Bruins with 72, and the Habs are behind with 69. Nice. So, I think you're right. I think it's going to end up being Leafs-Bruins in the first round. And it's just important. We've talked about it a hundred times. It's just important for the Leafs to get home ice advantage in that series. I'm not a big guy who I'm not someone who gets too bent out of shape over home ice, but I think just given the history with the Boston Bruins and the two game sevens in Boston, getting home ice advantage is definitely important. Oh yeah. And and the thing, but if we look back on Saturday, one more thing about that hockey game, the one thing you loved about that game is they were down in the third period and they had two big boys who are both getting paid big boy money, score huge goals for them. And that is something you want to see and something we need going into April, in April, potentially in May. So seeing William Nylander score a vintage William Nylander goal and seeing John Tavares score a highlight reel goal that we'll probably be watching for years to come, it was I loved that. It was such a good way to end that hockey game, such a good win, seeing the two big boys step up. And then Sunday night, into Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, 50-plus shots, ran into a stone wall, the Rangers goaltending. Just a tough one. That's one of those burn-the-tape games. It is what it is. Whatever. Well, and they, then Mon- they, they got a bunch of shots that hockey game, and really that game just shows, like, if you're on Leafs Twitter, which I know you are, and oh, the, people just lose their mind over Garrett Sparks. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's like, people don't... And like, listen, oh, we've sung the praises of Jake Muzzin on this show. Oh, he gave up an absolute pizza on on Sunday. I know, I know. And everyone just yells about Garrett Sparks. And like, don't get me wrong, like, Sparks needs to have some of those, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, Muzzin completely coughed that one up. And and think about, like, if you look at the first goal, too, the Rangers had... Like, there was Riley and Muzzin out there again, and the Tavares line just all standing around watching as three or four guys get shots on on Garrett Sparks over and over and over again, and finally a guy has enough room to jam one in. But, like, I, like, I, I, I wasn't too upset with Garrett Sparks in that performance, to be honest with you. There was a couple bad giveaways, bad coverages, loose defense, soft play. I know they got a bunch of shots in that game, but who cares? They still lost. Tuesday night in Colorado, big 5-2 victory. Um, I thought the lead, that matchup with the Avalanche is just what the doctor ordered for the Maple Leafs. The Avalanche are a terrible team. And they're um, soft, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's, it's a really good matchup for the Leafs in that regard. So let, let's, let's get into it here. 
because this is a good um, sort of segue to talk about the power play. It's it's been the the number one topic of conversation in the last week and a half ish is the Leafs struggling power play and the amount of talent that they have on the power play. And then last night they go in to Colorado and they get three goals, three power play goals. So instead of talking about what's wrong with the power play, I want to know what you, what you saw last night in Colorado and why you think it worked last night. What, what did you see? What was a change that maybe they made that you felt was noticeable? The biggest change I saw was John Tavares' involvement below the goal line. Like, if you watched the Leaf power play last year and the year before with JVR and Marner, that was a successful power play, but it was mainly Marner slap pass JVR out there with a tip or a, uh, a rebound, he put it in, and they were kind of implementing John Tavares in that JVR kind of slot, but... John Tavares is a way better playmaker than James Van Riemsdyk. So what I saw last night was instead of Tavares being parked out in front of the net, he would slip to either the left or the right of the avalanche net. And you saw Marner go down to him and then he went out over to Matthews. And then on the next one, you saw Tavares on the other side of the net and he went out front to Kadri. So I, I just saw instead of just let's get it to Marner, like it's just, they were so obsessed. Like the puck needed to go to Marner. Marner had to make the play. But when you have as much talent as the Maple Leafs do on their power play, like you, you can do whatever you want. So last night I saw John Tavares kind of running it or not running it, but being that option to find another guy. And I also saw Nazem Kadri be way more involved on the power play because you almost forget he was even on the power play. He was just, he was the bumper guy in the middle of the ice, but he wasn't doing anything. And then last night, they got him more involved, and he scored the probably the nicest power play goal of the season. The Matthews one was nice, too, also assisted from Tavares. And and they had to get away from always just trying to get the puck to Marner. It was always just, okay, we have to get, get it to Marner. And teams were just figuring that out, so Marner just had no option. So last night, they just moved Tavares out from front of the net to either side of the net, and they'd hit him down low, and then he hit either Kadri or Matthews, and try to find that other open guy for a quick shot that is, you can't defend a quick shot, but you can defend a little slap pass to the net that isn't doing anything or going anywhere. Uh, like, if I can just be like, Mr., like, just break this down to its, like, simplest form here. You know what I saw last night, Ryan? I saw a team that just, like, just attacked with speed and aggression and just came over the other team's blue line and just was like that we are going to score like you are not going it wasn't a bunch of pretty passing it wasn't trying to just get the exact right play that we want and it's it was just we have to score we are going to score and that's just it comes back to like the the aggression and tenacity thing that we always talk about with this team it's like just like just go like you have enough skill the will before the skill, Ryan. Oh yeah, the will before that skill. Yeah, it's like you like just that's what I saw last night. Like they they knew the heat was on. They knew that everyone's been talking about the power play and how much the power play has been struggling. And so it's like you you could just see that like we're going to do everything we can to score a goal here. And th- that's what they need more of. It's like you look at Tampa 
Best power play in the league. Oh, their their power play is sickening. It's so good. But it's like you just you watch them. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I I had I had some time the other day, so I watched a bit of film on the Tampa Bay power play. You know what's the main thing I noticed? When they when the other team like pokes a pass uh, or, or like disrupts the passing in the in their in the offensive zone. They they get it back and they get it back immediately. Like there is no like they they do not surrender the puck. They're vicious and they they're like we we are gonna do whatever it takes here. And that's just what I think the Leafs just need more of. Like everyone's like been criticizing like the the Marner seam pass to Matthews and how obvious it is. And it's like yeah, that's that's part of it. But it's also just the fact that it's like move a little faster, move a little quicker, move with a little more aggression, like have that killer instinct, right? It's like that That to me is what I saw last night. That was the biggest change for me. And and they have so many talented guys on the ice at one time. I'm okay with implementing a system to get into the zone because it's hard to kind of just freewheel into the zone. If you want to implement a system to get in the zone, that's fine. But when you have as many skilled players as the Maple Leafs do on that first unit, once they're in that zone, why don't you just let them be themselves and let them just kind of create their own plays? Like, you don't need to have a set play because they don't have, like, an OV, a one-timer. But what they can do is use their skill and their passing ability and their smarts to move the puck around and make plays on their own. I honestly believe that they're skilled enough to do that like you don't need to have a set play that's exactly what I was getting at it's too it's too much focus on the the play that we we worked on in practice yeah and maybe uh... maybe a part of that's Babcock like maybe a part of that's Babcock like did you see Babcock and Hiller going at it on the bench on Saturday night in Montreal yeah like I honestly like Babcock like he, he would he would drive me crazy if I was an assistant coach for him. Like he he would he probably slides in a little comment sometimes, and you're like, oh, 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 oh you you eagle looking Mike Babcock. No, oh, he does look like an eagle. So I think that's enough on the power play, and we'll use Babcock to segue into the other thing that set Leaf Twitter ablaze last night, and that was the reuniting. Of Morgan Riley and Ron Hainsey. And then today at practice, Riley, Hainsey, Muzzin, Zaitsev, Gardner, Dermott. Now, I'm going to let you say your piece on this. I know we we said before that like we're not like as anti-Hainsey as everybody else. The reason why I'm not as like irritated at this, I guess, is... Gardner Zaitsev is a dumpster fire, so splitting them up is you can only get better because that they're just they're a disaster. And you know what? I know that like we always we poke fun at Babcock um, because of his insistence on like right shot, right side, left shot, left side. But there has been a bit of a drop off not 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 a huge drop off but like there's been a noticeable difference in Morgan Riley's effectiveness since he went over to his his wrong side do you agree yeah like I I just think the facts are that if you look at the past couple of games like him and Muzzin haven't played that well together like I, I know everyone hates Ron Hainsey and they'll do anything to see Ron Hainsey off that top pair but the facts are that they just haven't played that well together so far what do you think, like, the, the this, like, 
hatred for Ron Hainsey comes from. Like, uh, listen, he's miscast. Like, we all know that. He shouldn't be a top-pairing defenseman. But at the same time, it's like, you look at their other options, and like, yes, Muzzin's the obvious choice, but to the to your point you just made, it, it they kind of were struggling. Like, look at some of the turmo- turnovers that have happened in the last few games. I just I just don't think that, like, listen, you can, you can disagree with the role Ron Hainsey's cast in, which... It's, it's fine, and I don't disagree with that, but, like, the, the hatred towards Ron Hainsey and just, like, people just so sick of Ron Hainsey, it kind of, I, I don't necessarily get it. No, I, I don't. I Honestly, like, I'll go on the record right now and say I have, like, zero problem with Ron Hainsey. Like, yeah, he's miscast, but that's, that's not his fault. Like, he didn't do that himself. And, and... Like, they're not going to go out and get a guy, like, a top-pairing guy. Like, they're just... I have no issue with Ron Hainsey. I think he's actually pretty solid. Like, yeah. Like, if you want to just look at his mistakes, like, look at everyone else's mistakes. Like, everyone's on the ice for a bad pizza every once in a while. A bad giveaway up the middle. Like, all the D do it. And, like, I thought he... Like, personally, if I was a hockey player, I would love playing with Ron Hainsey. Like... And what also factors in this is, you know, Babcock's just always going to defer to the veteran he loves. And that's what he's doing. He didn't like the way that pair looks. So what's easy for Babcock is to go, oh, I'll just put, I'll just put Hainsey back on that, uh, that pair. Like, you know, like, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, uh, people who hate Ron Hainsey, like, just, Leaf fans just love to hate a defenseman. Like, it's just, we, we love just picking out a guy and just hating him. And on this team, there's two guys like that. But, like, you're going to – I would – like, me and you are the Zaitsev haters. Like, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time hating Ron Hainsey. Like, Nikita Zaitsev drives me nuts. He's, he's That's what brutal. I always say. When someone starts going off on Hainsey to me, I always look at them and go, like, do you watch Nikita Zaitsev? I, I think – like, yeah, Hainsey has his downfalls, and he's not an offensive guy, and he doesn't give you anything flashy. But it, it's not always a match made in heaven when two really good defensemen – are playing on the same pair. Like, it does happen, but Morgan Riley needs a guy who's going to have his back, who's going to cover for him when he rushes, who, who, who's just always going to know where what Riley's doing, and that's what Hainsey does. And what There's I like... people listening to you right now, Ryan, who are screaming, saying, Muzzin, that's Muzzin, that could be Muzzin. Yeah, well, like, Jake Muzzin, to me, like, well, let Jake Muzzin carry someone else on a pair. Like... I, I, like Jake Muzzin to me, like he hasn't really, yeah, he's laid a couple nice hits. He's got a good shot. He's, he's a zone exit machine, but it's like, I just haven't seen anything that incredible from him. So if you're going to, and Babcock, you know, we know how Babcock operates. Like we can't like, you're okay. Waste your time. Just kicking and screaming about Hainsey moving back up to the top pair. Like, it's just a it's a merry-go-round. It doesn't end with Mike Babcock. He's always going to defer to the guys he loves and the guys who are veterans. Yeah, I agree with you. Just one more note on the defense. I like Do you think like it, is this are these the six guys that they're going to go into the playoffs with? Yeah, I believe I honestly believe they're going to go in the playoffs with these six guys because I just seven because Oshiganov will be up in the press box, but I it to me like okay, say they bring in a defenseman like who goes out of the lineup? Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm looking at all the names right now, and I'm just asking myself that same question. Like to me, it's it's Nikita Zaitsev is going out of the lineup because Babcock's not going to take Hainsey out of the lineup. You don't want to take Travis Dermott out of the lineup because he's your replacement for Jay Gardner next year. You you don't need that guy sitting up at the press box for any amount of time. And he and he's been playing pretty well for playing his doing his job on the third pair. You're not taking. They're not going to take Gardner out. So it's 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 Zaitsev or Hainsey, and I just don't see Hainsey coming out. Rob, my brother. Got a little question for you. What's that, Ryan? If people are unaware about the Talking Buds podcast, where can they hear us? Where can they find us? Well, Ryan, they can hear the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. They can also follow our daily posts on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast, on Twitter at Talking Buds Pod. And do not forget to hit that little subscribe button and leave a little five-star review and be a absolute bod. Thank you for the support, everybody. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, because it's a bit of a weird week with all the late games and whatnot, I wanted to kind of take a different direction this week and talk about something different. And so here's what I came up with. The Maple Leafs have two young gun Europeans right now. The young Swede, Andreas Janssen, and the young Finn, Kasperi Kapanen. One thing I've noticed from from Leaf Twitter is you, you, there's a lot of people who and it's it's so Leaf fan right it's like obviously people love both of them or whatever but there's it, the conversation always turns to why well, like Janssen more or I like Kapanen more and if the Leafs are gonna make another deal down the line or even at the deadline or what have you the you you'd think that these are like some of the names that people would ask for. I know there are RFAs at the end of the season, but still, so you you still own their rights, right? So they could still theoretically deal them unless someone comes along with an offer sheet, which we'll get into. I I know that you're rolling your eyes at the fact that we're going to have some sort of offer sheet discussion, but I do think with these players, Kapanen specifically, it's warranted. So Kapanen or Janssen. Let's let's sort of talk about both of them. I'm going to rattle off Kapanen's numbers and Janssen's numbers. So Kasperi Kapanen so far, 18 goals, 16 assists. Andreas Janssen, 14 goals, 16 assists. So relatively relatively similar numbers. I think Janssen's so, missed a couple more games. Right. So he's just a, so they're keeping they're sort of keeping pace with one another. So where are you on the Kapanen versus Janssen debate? First of all, tell me what you like about both guys, and then we'll we'll get into the who'd you rather, so to speak. Who'd you rather trade? So, you know what? We talk about Kapanen, Kapanen enough on this show, Ryan. Tell me what you like the most about Andres Janssen. Well, honestly, I was going to start with him because I, I had a feeling that it, that maybe people think my bias would be swinging towards Kasper and Kapanen if I started with him. 
But we'll we'll start with Janssen. And what I don't know, like Janssen, guy with a ton of speed. They have that in common, both of them. Uh, I think Janssen has the ability to get under the other team's skin a little better than Casper and Kapanen. Uh, I, I just think Kapanen, he's just kind of one of those guys who just, he likes to go up and down the ice. I think Janssen, I could see him kind of getting more involved in front of the net and kind of being more physical. But I, I think Janssen is one of those guys who's like, he's going to score the, the, the beauty goals, but he's also going to score the grindy out in front of the net goals, those clutch goals, like the, the one he scored in Montreal on Saturday. Just go into the net, looking for an opportunity, looking for a loose puck, finds it, puts it in, ties the game. So I think Janssen's kind of the more – they're so similar. Like, it, it, honestly, like, it's hard to, like – I feel like I'm explaining Yodson, but like you could pretty much be, be explaining Kapanen at the That's same time. That's why I wanted to have this debate because they've got you. They've kind of got two of the same guy. Yeah, because like Kapanen is also like yeah, he finishes his check. Uh, Kapanen's more of like a breakaway highlight reel. Like the the two go- the two breakaway goals he scored against the Rangers and the Avalanche. Like those were like disgusting breakaway goals and I think Janssen's more than capable of doing that he he's he's probably just as fast as Kapanen maybe not on breakaway speed but if you had a lap around the ice they'd probably be pretty close but I just think Janssen's just has a tiny bit more grit in his game than Kasperi Kapanen and I think Kasperi Kapanen has more of a flair to his game but they're very similar in speed and they both finish their checks I both see them being top six guys or being able to play with guys like Austin Matthews and John Tavares. Like they're, they're that skilled. They can contribute offensively. So I, I just think Janssen, a little bit more grit, Kapanen, just a little bit more flair. I think Janssen also has better hands down low. Like, like, yeah, that's, you- yep. Kapanen, Kapanen can, is, is great on the breakaways and he's great with like the speed game. But Janssen's kind of got, he's got better hands and a lot of his goals are like kind of in tight to the net, whereas Kapanen's goals are like the two the other night, they're like breakaway, like snipe type goals. So it's kind of like pick your poison, right? Like, so you look at like Kapanen, he brings an element. uh, First of all, you said that, that they're, they're kind of similar in speed. I I think Kasperi Kapanen's the faster of the two and I think Kapanen is so fast that the other team has to respect him and that element of his game so much that when they're on the ice, they can't get caught pinching or caught down low because if he gets the puck, he's gone. Like the the Matthews pass last night, he there was no way the Avalanche defender was catching him. No way. And same thing with the Rangers game, the uh, Sunday night. So it's just kind of a matter of like, what do you value more? Right, it's like who do you value the Kapan and speed game, or do you value the down low sort of to your point grind grindery type skill that Janssen has? Well, I feel like if you're an underlying numbers guy, then you're probably in the Andreas Janssen camp. But if you're a guy who just loves watching beauty goals and loves watching just the just the sheer, like, what makes a hockey player great, like, speed, skill, like, that's Kasperi Kapanen. That's all the flair. He snipes. He's on breakaways. 
But I feel like if you're one of those guys who believes in the underlying numbers and possession numbers and and all that kind of stuff that I don't really believe in, then you're probably an Andreas Janssen guy. So here's what I think, Ryan. I have a affinity for Kasperi Kapanen. I I thought he's been he's been magnificent all year. Even when they've had him up in previous years, I've seen elements of his game that I've really liked. He's he's a flashier player to me. He stands out more than Janssen does. To me, at least. I know to other Especially people. Especially with they, the salad hanging out the helmet. Oh, too. I know, I know, I know. What a legend. Yeah, just an absolute flow ski boski woski out the oh, helmet. I know. I know. Just and it when he when he goes on the breakaway, it's just oh, it looks like so blowing good. in the wind. I know, it's fantastic. But here's here's why I think if the Leafs were gonna move one of them, they'll they will move Kapanen. He's too much like William Nylander. And the Leafs have William Nylander locked up long-term. So, unless they go ahead and trade William Nylander, which as I don't see them doing, Janssen's skills of, like I said, having the better hands down low and, and to your point, being a bit of a more annoying player to play against may end up being the reason why he stays and Kapanen goes. First of all, let's make it perfectly clear that both these guys' values have never been higher. Oh, yeah, no, and arguably made... Well, we we hopefully, if they're with the Leafs, they still progress, and that makes their value higher, but you look at a guy like Connor Brown. Two years ago, he had 20 goals. Like, you could have got something for Connor Brown two years ago. Yeah, now you could get nothing for him. So yeah, it just you shows you how quick a, a guy can... can, can take a downturn like, you know like so maybe right now you look at these two guys and you're like maybe their value's never higher and we should be able to to cash in with one of them then the whole like contract thing comes into play about them being rfas and the leafs having so much money tied up in their stars and like like we're doing it here it is ryan drum roll salary cap if, if you, no 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 no. Offer sheet. Offer sheets. Well, it's it's all it's all the same thing. It's all under the same umbrella. Like just th- th- this is all we're gonna talk about till till there's no longer a hard salary cap in the NHL, which is never gonna happen. Kapanen should be the main guy that you're worried about being offer sheeted, not Mitch Marner. Like Kapanen is the guy that some team could come along and say, "Sure, we'll give you four million, four point five. Five, I mean, maybe maybe I'm way overshooting that. I probably am, but just no, as an I, I, example, honestly, I could see Casper Kapanen being like, "I'm a four million dollar hockey player." Yeah, just coming along and saying, "I'm just as good as Nazem Kadri," and so give me when Kadri's playing. Some team comes along, and gives him that. The Leafs can't can't match it, and uh, and other teams are watching the Leafs right now because we've talked about uh, this a lot about how the Leafs are at the forefront of this new sort of salary cap era in the NHL. So other teams are watching them right now and they're watching the amount of RFAs they have. And yeah, like Kapanen to me, like I'm legitimately, I usually like kind of roll my eyes whenever like the, the media starts talking about offer sheets. Cause it's like, it's just, you're just talking about it just to like talk about it. But I'm, this is the most concerned I've been about a leaf player getting offer sheet being presented with an offer sheet that I can ever remember. Like he's, He's legit, and it all comes down to, like, and I'm not excluded. Like, some team could come along and do that to Janssen, too, totally. But 
it's it's to what you said. It's like Kapanen is like he he passes the eyeball test with his speed and the fact that he was a first round pick and all those sorts of things. Like a team that's got a lot of cap space, like the Detroit Red Wings will have next year or something, could totally come along and be like, here's four and a half million. Oh yeah, no for and, sure. And, and off and, he goes. And one thing we haven't factored in either is. I know it's not a huge deal in the real world, but in the hockey world, it, it, it makes a difference. Is Kasper Kapanen's two years younger than Andreas Janssen? Yep, that is like, a big deal. Like, age is is a factor. And you know what? Like, in my head, I'm like, I would think Kapanen would ask for, like, $4 million. But if you do look at his numbers, like, he could, he's going to score 20-plus goals, which which is, it, in the NHL now, that's worth a lot. But, like... His his point totals like aren't off the charts, so maybe it's like three million, you know, like. But like, it's just I feel like the numbers are so inflated in Toronto right now that it's like, it, it, this guy's gonna walk into this meeting and be like, I want four million. I could just see that happening, yeah. you know, like. But I I honestly believe that the Leafs, if they really want these two guys, which I feel like Kyle Dubas loves these two guys, because they're two guys who came from the Toronto Marlies and have grown through the system and have really worked their way up through, and they weren't handed anything either. Like they had to like work for this opportunity. So I think Kyle Dubas in his dream scenario wants to sign both these guys and keep these guys under in the Toronto Maple Leaf system. He, he loves them. And I, 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 to me, if you want to go out and get your big fish, then throw Casper cabinet on the table. Well, like, it was rumored. It was rumored um, that they were talking with the Hurricanes about Brett Pesci, and the Hurricanes wanted Kapanen as part of the deal. And Dubis was like, "No way." So, but the thing is, Ryan, the Leafs are so strapped from a cap perspective. Like, even if you trade a guy, like honestly, so I, I was I was going to pose the question earlier, like which one would you trade? My answer right now, as much as it pains me to say, probably would be Kasperi Kapanen because his his value is just like it's pretty high in the eyes of other teams right now. But they're so cap strapped that it's like who you've got to trade him and get pieces back that can work within your salary cap. Like they got to get like the fact that they got Muzzin for what they did was like that was that's what that made that trade so impressive is they were able to bring him in with all this other uh, turmoil going on with their salary cap. So it's like, you got to get Marner done to see where all this goes. And like, uh, they just got to hope that no team comes along and offer sheets Kapanen. Cause I, I think that there's a legitimate possibility for that. Well, I feel like when, when you talk about the trade with the hurricanes and Brett Pesci, like the reason why Brett Pesci's name is always coming up is because that's a guy who's at $4 million a year solid defenseman and he's under under contract for another like four or five years after this year that's so, ideal scenario yeah that's that's Kyle Dubas ideal scenario and you're but like if a guy is is that good and he's under contract for that long and there's that much control then you're gonna have to pay a hefty price like that's just the way it is and I feel like if you really want to go get that guy, then you have to throw Casper Kapanen on the table, and then we can have a conversation about maybe we have enough skill up front that we we're able to lose a guy like this. But maybe they trade him, and then all of a sudden their their scoring dries up. I know, I don't think that's going to happen because he's not one of their elite goal scorers. They have John Tavares, Austin Matthews, you know, Andreas Janssen could could take step up, take a bigger role, but. Uh, 
just if you're going to get a guy like Brett Pesci, a guy under term for so long, then you're going to have to throw Kapanen out there. Well, that's another thing about Kapanen that we haven't even really touched on yet is his chemistry with Matthews. Like Matthews, like everyone kept calling Matthews and Kapanen Brady and Edelman last night because he just beauty pass right well that was an unreal money. like catch by yeah. Kapanen like he yeah. like he he just like barely caught the puck and just like threw it in front of him and he was gone and I know the Janssen team Janssen is sitting there going like well Janssen's never got a chance to play with Matthews and that's fair but yeah, like well, a real shot to play with him like I know they've been together here and there but like a real shot to play with him so I mean it it is what it is so if, if you had to move one or the other right now who would it be Oh, I don't want to, like, I, I'm honestly, like, I know I have to give my opinion because I just need to give my opinion. But, like, I, honestly, like, I'm on the fence. Like, I'm good with either of them going. Like, I, I think they're both pretty interchangeable. But if you, to me, I would get rid of Kapanen if you really want that guy. And yeah, if you want the bigger, better return. For yeah, sure. if you want the better return and the, the guy you really want, then it's, to me, it's going to start with Casper Kapanen. And just a side note here on this Carolina thing. If I hear the name Michael Furland one more time as a trade for the Leafs, like just just stop it. Like, has anyone in this market have ever seen Michael Furland play? Like, he had a little run with the Flames when they had that weird playoff year where they beat the Canucks, but like, I, I, it's just like, let's stop mentioning Michael Furlan. Like, we haven't, like, the guy's injured. Like, we're not watching him play. Like, just stop throwing that name out there, please. All right. And with that, Ryan, let's move into this week's Bums and Beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That's right, bums and beauties. Ryan, I have a major announcement to make. Ring the alarm. Sound the alarm. No. I have a major announcement to make. Are you for st- the first time? Are you time. stealing mine? For the f- yeah, probably. Oh no. You can jump on it with me. You can jump on it with me. See, oh, folks, there's yeah. living proof that Ryan and I we want the um we want the um reactions to be authentic, so we don't tell each other ahead of time who we're picking. We probably should though. But anyways. For the first time in Talking Buds history, my beauty of the week, it's probably yours too, is William Nylander. Oh, boy. Yep. We that, can do a co-beauty of the week. Let's do it. Let's you know do, what? Let's I'll, do, I'll you know what, Ryan? I'll, we I'll, dogged I'll, him so hard. Yeah, we did. It was We were hard on this guy for a long time. but Yeah. So, you know what? We can do a co-beauty of the week because he deserves that from us. Oh yeah. Well, eight points in nine games. Yeah, like he, he for start- me, for me, it was the big goal. Oh yeah, against yeah. the Canadians when they really needed it. That for me, that's what it was. Like he, like they needed that goal, and he, he's paid to do just that. And he went down and got them the big goal and tied the game up. So Willie Nylander, we dogged you so hard in the first like eight episodes of Talking Buds. So tip of the cap to you. Ryan. Yeah, well, well, when you start moving your feet, that's that's what you get good results, Willie. Ryan, who is your bomb of the week? 
Oh boy. You know what? Can I I'll, I'll, can I add another beauty of the week quick? Yes, Just a yes, you can. S- small one. I'll yes, go with the Maple Leafs fourth line on Saturday night. Yes, the I goat. Thought, Freddy I the thought goat. the goat Lindholm and that was Johnson, his best game as a Leaf. That was oh, his yeah. best game as a Leaf by far. They dominated the Canadians' fourth line because they were because Babcock and Julian were, were were matching each other for fourth lines. And after they got two goals, the first two goals of the game for the Leafs, you didn't see the Habs' fourth line on the ice for the rest of the night. So shout out to the Leafs' fourth line. You're my you're, you're my beauty of the week as well. I'll throw I'll, that'll be mine, and I'll also throw in the William Nylander one. That's a good call. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because they definitely deserve a shout out. That was Freddie the Goat's best game as a Maple Leaf by far. Oh yeah. All right, who's your bum of the week? All right, my bum of the week is Jake Muzzin. Oh man, that is oh my god! I can feel the heat coming off your microphone from that take well it's just like you know what dude he just like i i'm judging from what i've seen in the past i just think the past three games like even in the habs game like i i didn't i don't think this guy's played that well i am not down on him i'm not saying it was a bad trade or that this isn't the guy we needed i think he's exactly the guy we needed but just from watching the three games he he's and it's it's also because we we've picked on Gardner and Zaitsev so many times. Like we could, we could just qualify the segment and just say Gardner and Zaitsev are bums of the week for the rest of the season. And I don't think anyone would complain or disagree with us. So I'm taking, I'll, I'll lay off those guys for a week and I'm just going to go with the guy who I just think had a couple really soft plays with the puck and not getting physically outmatched, but just like bad decisions with the puck. So you know what? May uh, stir it up here, but uh, Jake Muzzin's my bum of the week. <sighs> okay. My bum of the week is the reporter on CP24 who was interviewing the Leafs when they were there doing their outdoor practice at City Hall, and she looked at Austin Matthews and said, quote, Does being out here remind you of growing up as a child and playing on outside rinks? And Matthews looked at her and said, well, I grew up in Arizona, so not really. Oh, my God. Just, so, you always feel bad for the non-like sports dedicated. So you know what? No, no. I'll change that. My bum of the week is whoever at CP24 sent her to do that. Whoever whoever the boss was that said, you go do it. Because like, clearly she's not up on her leaf knowledge. Not her fault. She was given the assignment. So whoever her boss was that said, you go cover this practice and ask those types of questions, you're the bum of the week. Because that, that was cringeworthy watching that. Yeah. I felt just... awful for her after she asked that question because she was just like, oh, now I look like an idiot. Yeah. Well, it, it's tough being one of those CP24 people put in a situation that you know nothing about. And, and if you turn on any hockey broadcast by any sports network, it's always about like, growing up playing the pond and like growing up at the outdoor rinks. So I can see someone just kind of stereotyping all hockey players into thinking that they grew up skating on the pond. Can we just have um, a bit of, can we just like have like a quick five minute segue where, where we don't talk about the Leafs for one second. The, uh, there's been a lot of uproar because this has really been bothering me. And I just want to kind of get this off my chest. Okay. 
There's been a lot of uproar lately about what Ken Hitchcock had to say the other night about his players and be like, you can't make the players care and all that sort of thing. And it's like, I, he shouldn't call out his players a hundred percent. Like the team, like you don't, don't kick the guys when they're down. So I agree with that, but here's something that I, I want to get off my chest. Okay. Anyone who comes in to work for that organization, whether it be a general manager or a coach, is absolutely dead in the water. If you're a young executive and you want your first general manager job, do not go to Edmonton, okay? They're run by a... Like, the other day, I'm listening to... Who was on the radio? It was it was Dave Poulin. Dave yeah, Poulin was, Dave was on Poulin. Overdrive. Yeah, yeah and I he's heard talking that too. And he's talking about... The, the the like the layer so you've got Daryl Cates the owner and then you got Bob Nicholson <laughs> then you got Kevin Lowe and you got my all-time favorite Mac T <laughs> Craig McTavish and you got Gretz ro- it's and roaming Gretz, around there Gretz too. is kicking around but I don't think Gretz does much. I think yeah, he just no, shows up and no. waves and shakes a couple hands and whatever, right? Well, the interim general manager's last name is Gretzky, so... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Wayne's brother. Yeah, he is Wayne's brother. Yeah, yeah, he's Wayne's brother. So yeah. you got Bob Nicholson, Kevin Lowe, and Mac T. Three guys who, like... Mac T's never won anything. And the guy's just hanging around... As, as, a, as a coach or a, or a GM, Mac T's never won anything. And because he's buddies with the owner, like you, you're never gonna win there until Daryl Cates gets rid of those three guys, brings in like a Brendan Shanahan type, and gives him full autonomy to do what he wants. Because you got that brain trust running things at the top. It's just, it's like, I, 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 I people are going off. Of, oh, Hitch shouldn't have said. It's like Hitch has probably gone in there, seen what a dumpster fire it is and he lost it and was like this is this is crazy you shouldn't have taken it out on the players but it's like man oh man that they are an embarrassment yeah they're an embarrassment and they're are they're even more of an embarrassment or less of an embarrassment whatever how you want to look at it is because they got 97 you got the best player in the world and you're wasting him well a lot like, of people they are look- so lucky the Edmonton Oilers better the, the 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 trifecta brain trust who I just named better thank the Lord above every night before they go to bed that this isn't the NBA because Connor McDavid would have already said I'm done, get me out of here. Well, a lot of people would lump Daryl Cates into that category of dummies that that you just lined up too. Apparently, oh, he's sure. just as bad. Well, he's the reason why he keeps those guys around because they're all just buddies. It's it's oh, just. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, like all, about, it's all about the good old days. Oh, oh yeah. It's all about the eighties Oilers. Oh teams. yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's like people make fun of Toronto for like always like hanging on the 92, 93 Blue Jays. It's like they are nothing compared to the Edmonton Oilers and the eighties Oilers teams. Well, Ken Hitch, I, I okay, like this is this is hard for me because I think Ken Hitchcock is an absolute idiot, and I think he's kind of a piece of garbage. Like, I, I just think he would be a horrible guy to play for. I'm sure if you talk to all the guys who have played for him, they all can't stand him. So, 
it starts with like for me, like I I agree, like I agree with you. He's probably like, this sucks. Like I'm the interim guy. I don't want to be a part of this. Like maybe I want to get another job. So I might as well distance myself from this whole disaster that's going on right now. But I I, the, I hate Ken Hitchcock though. Like I am I do not like Ken Hitchcock as a coach. I think he is a guy who would just turn on you in a heartbeat if you were a player. So you add that in with the brain trust that you mentioned earlier and just the stupid hockey decisions that team has made over the past couple of years. And, and that, that's what you get. You get a team that is just had a horrible year, just horrible. But at the end of the day, it's the NHL. And like, you look at the New York Islanders, like, you know, like you can turn it around pretty quickly. Like, it's not like, especially, especially when you have the best player in the world, like you're, you're like, but the only thing is though, is we know that Kate isn't going to hire a Brendan Shanahan. And if he did hire a Brendan Shanahan, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be like, okay, I'm going to go here and you do your job and I'll leave you alone. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, they have a press conference and say, Craig McTavish is the new general manager. Well, the only thing I'll give McTavish, yeah, (laughs) the only thing I'll give McTavish credit for is he was the last player in the NHL to not wear a helmet. Yeah, that's a legend move. But yeah, yeah. you got some, you got some stones to do Uh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But dude, like that, it it, a part of me really enjoys it because oh, it's hilarious because like we we suffered so long as Leaf fans. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Like I get like they've they've been just as bad as we have since the first lockout, like the 05 lockout, but we were never spoiled like they were at an appointed time. They were spoiled rotten and they got the best player to ever play the game to play for them and now they have maybe one of the best players to ever play the game playing for them again. I know they suck, but in Toronto, I would have I would have traded so many crap years to watch Wayne Gretzky play, or to even have like Connor. Like imagine Connor. Like I love Austin Matthews, but like Connor McDavid's like a whole nother level of like, like they, they stink. And you look at his numbers, like he's he's unbelievable. So like that that I I a part of me enjoys watching them fail, but. Anyways, sorry, yeah. sorry for the the Oilers segue there. It's just I've it's just been like the Oilers have been a big topic of conversation the last few days after the Hitchcock com, Hitchcock comments, and I've just been like, I just wanted to and just hearing Poulin talk the other night, and it's just like I'd forgotten that like guys like McTavish and Lowe and them are still kicking around. It's just like oh my god. Yeah, well, Shirelli came in and like tried to put them in more like advisory roles, but now that he's gone, here they're all coming back. Like you know, like they're all still involved. Like. Uh, anyway, all right. So let's preview the week ahead. Thursday night, the Leafs late start, ten o'clock, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, against the Golden Knights. Interesting test for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, like Golden Knights are a good hockey team. I have no idea what's going to happen because it's one of those obscure Western Conference matchups, but we'll just, I'm going to have no prediction for that hockey game. We'll just see how it all plays out. And Saturday night, please, to everyone listening, don't tell Austin Matthews I'm about to say this, but in what, in my opinion, is the biggest dud Saturday night hockey game that I can ever remember. The Maple Leafs roll into Arizona to play the Coyotes. It's like, 
Oh, real Like, I always look forward to the Saturday night game, right? And it's like, Arizona. They always struggle against them, too. Yeah. Like, I, just, it's, I don't it's know. It's not even this era of the Leafs. Like, just like, like, they always, like, I know they only play them twice a year, but they just seem to always struggle against this hockey team. I don't, I don't know what it is. The thing that makes me excited about uh, potentially that game, the only thing that gets me excited is you, you'd think Matthews would be really stoked to play in his hometown, so you expect a big outing out of him. Well, maybe that's why it's on Saturday night because it's like we got to get Austin. Austin's got to be front. Well, it's all about promoting the game in America, right? It's like like they got to. That's a place that sorely needs it. Yep. And then Tuesday, the Leafs end the road trip, taking on in St. Louis against the suddenly red hot St. Louis Blues. Oh, they're in a playoff spot. Like they're going to make the playoffs. I know. Like it's unbelievable what this team has done. Like whoa. So we'll probably. Come back with episode 20 next week after that game. Episode 20, Ryan. We're already coming up on episode 20 of Talking Buds. Yeah, dude, it's flying by. Like, a part of me feels like we're on episode 100, but a part of me feels like we just started this thing, and it's, man, but, like, more exciting times to come. Like, we got, we got dead like deadline stuff coming up, a lot of deadline talk. I'm sure you'll be watching the deadline shows all day long. Watch Thomas Vanek get traded to his eleventh team in his career. The they just they might as well just rename trade deadline day the Thomas Vanek day because it's just that that's all that ever happens. Let's just watch Thomas Vanek go to another team. Usually it was Brian Boyle, but he already got traded. So let's it's brutal. So I know that uh, we we'll be back next week and we'll do another week look ahead. But can I just can I just rattle off the next like seven games the Leafs have after next eight games the Leafs have after the Blues game? So after St. Louis, they come home, they play Washington, Montreal, Buffalo, Edmonton, New York Islanders, Buffalo again, and the Calgary Flames. That is a absolute lineup. Yes. Yes. I'm stoked for that. Even like the, the Oilers is, game. Like, yeah. 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 Get Mac T down there without a helmet on. 100%. <laughs> Even the Flames. Like, the Flames are. Oh, dude, unreal. the Flames are legit in the West. Yeah. Man. Like, I know, the I know they're, they've lost like three games in a row, but like, they've oh, built up but that much there, of though. a lead that. It doesn't matter. Like they're they're stacked. They're not one of those teams. Like they they got they got seventy four points, Ryan. Oh yeah. Well, like they're I, not I, one of those teams. They got they're not one of those teams. They got one one more point than the Leafs do. Like the the bottom part of the West is just like everyone keeps calling it a snail's race to like get those last few playoff spots. The Flames are not one of those teams. They're well into a playoff spot, and they're not a team to that you want to run up against in the first round in the West. No, like I I think they could upgrade a little bit in the net, but like they're a tough skilled hockey team like i would take matthew kachuk on the leafs at about five seconds that's exactly the type of player they need a guy with a little bit of like people can't stand matthew kachuk and he's just a great hockey player like let's get a guy like that here
Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.